so we are live. I'm going to pull up the stream so that I can answer questions in case people want to comment. But let's just start. Uh, we've got this game, and we did not expect the team. We did not expect the lineup that we got. So, pardon me, sorry, turning the volume down. Uh, let's start talking about that. Let's talk about Colorado Rapids 1 versus St. Louis City SC 2. Matt, go. That's what it is. Uh, I did, personally, a lot of research on who we're facing with Rapids 2. Rapids 2 themselves are supposed to be a bottom barrel team in MLS Next Pro. That's who we thought we were going to play with maybe a few MLSers because it is in the middle of the international break that MLS is observing, I think one of the two international breaks they observe all year. And I, the, I guess credit to them, the Rapids are taking advantage of the opportunity to get their guys some minutes in what they probably thought was a tune-up game. But, you know, as I tweeted, suck it Cronky and his first team because we're at halftime beating the Rapids' first team one nothing. Love it. Stuart, do you want to comment on this? Because I have some feelings about it. And I don't uh, want to. I don't I, want to steal your thunder. I can't say too much because, honestly, in the second half of this year, in uh, you know July first on, it's going to be. Hopefully, we'll see some guys playing from the Bundesliga. <laughs> so we'll we'll be on the other end of the of this experience. But you know, it, it does chafe a little bit. Yeah, I mean, they're starting their first team eleven against us. <laughs> like. Uh, uh, I, I thought maybe two or three guys, maybe four, give them 45, 60 minutes, but not 11. Um, well, because we're going against precedents too, right? We're thinking similar to what we saw from maybe Tacoma or Minnesota where they're wanting to get minutes for their guys who haven't played, and so they'll send a few down here and there, four or five maybe. But this, is, this may be the only time we see it all year, an entire MLS roster playing in this league. Matt yeah, Hush. this reminds me of like uh, remember Tacoma two years ago against Sacramento during an international break. They sent down mm-hmm. Will Bruin um, and a few other Sounders guys started, and Tacoma was awful that year, and they beat a really good Sacramento Republic team two to one off of like five MLS guys playing in that game. And uh, it really, really actually ended up screwing the Republic in the playoff picture at the end of the year, which which sucked for them. But at least, I guess, USL doesn't have to deal with this anymore. <laughs> Matt Hatchider joined us in the chat on Facebook, and he said he's bringing out the Arsenal starters in the second half, which I like that <laughs> Might as well, right? It might as well. Tour either now or coming up, so and you know they're probably available. And, and I'll slip my one thought. Someone else joined us in Santiago. We're gonna get to you in just a second, but before we do, uh, my one of my main thoughts on this one is that yes, this is legal. This is absolutely legal, and I love Stuart that you brought up that we're gonna be a little hypocritical if we complain too much about this because we're about to have some ringers, right? I think the situation is different, but we'll get to that. Um, but um, I noticed that Austin FC is playing Pachuca this week, right? Like, have some creativity, put some work in, schedule a friendly with a Liga MX team or some cool, interesting team. Maybe bring some Arsenal players over and have a friendly. Instead of putting your whole first team down to this two-team is such bullshit. 
that said, Santiago, welcome to the chat. I wasn't sure if you were going to make it. Uh, how are you feeling, man? Are you tired? You got that jet lag going? Yeah, I'm, I'm tired, but, uh, but I couldn't miss uh, the podcast. So it, it's a so good occasion. Good to see yeah. you, Santi. Yeah. Yeah. Good to see you guys too. Um, but no, I think you guys are looking at this the wrong way. <laughs> Both City 2 and, Co- and Colorado Rapids 2 are resting uh, some of their main guys. That's what's going on. You're right. Yeah, they've got those they've got those ringers in Rapids 2, those young players that they don't want to embarrass us, so they're resting them. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, because they you know, like they have like three games in 9 days, so they say, "Well, let's let's rest some of our key players uh, this week." That's what they did. This is a good take. I like it. I mean, it really is the perfect storm against us, right? It's MLS international break, so those guys need action. It's a midweek match that was rescheduled from the beginning of April. So Rapids 2 shouldn't even have played this if you go by the original schedule. So, and if you remember... Personally, I was supposed to be at that Rapids 2 game wow. in early April. And because they rescheduled it, I couldn't go. So now I'm even, I, I mentioned this at the time, I'm even more curious why we rescheduled that match because if we hadn't rescheduled, this whole thing wouldn't be happening. Wow. Man, it's like everything's coming together. It's like it was meant to happen. It's like someone. I think Kroenke sent some money over to the league to make sure this happened. That's what that's what the conspiracy is in my in my world. He he, he booked up every venue so that his own team couldn't play, so that he could orchestrate this. This is surely the answer. Um, surely he knows enough about soccer and pays attention enough to. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I think my my other thoughts are that you know this isn't this isn't illegal. But it is, this isn't all, this also isn't how a two team is meant to be used. You know, like I had a feeling this would happen at some point to some extent. I did not expect this. I mean, we're playing against Jossie Zardes, who, you know, up until recently was a USMNT national team striker. I mean, (laughs) ridiculous. Barrios, like really veteran players. Rosenberry, like um, Yarborough in goal, like just ridiculous players um and let's talk about the game though because that is the good side of this right is that we're up one zero right now against these players and it hasn't been beautiful but we're up one zero and i think um we should all be extremely happy about that right Stu, why don't you lead us off on that yeah i mean i i um i didn't think it was a gorgeous half but uh it was i mean the field also looks it's hard to tell from the stream but the field doesn't look the best either hmm. But I mean, no, any time you're up against a team that should be your favorite, uh, it, it's great. I mean, we absorb the pressure. Uh, we're doing what we did with Houston Dynamo 2 last week, where no one out there looks outmatched. No one looks scared. I like Yaro and Hebert, how they're controlling. You know, Zardis and Barrios are, are really good players. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm thrilled with the result. I'm just annoyed with uh, Rapids to starting first teamers. But um, Santiago, yeah. let's let's get your thoughts on on the game so far. And then Matt, we're gonna get. I know you've been taking notes, so I want you to kind of fill in the the gaps that maybe might be left over after that. Yeah. So obviously, it hasn't been pretty, but. 
um, CD2 is up one to nothing and has been able to to control um, what Colorado is doing. There, there was a period about 10 minutes with, where Colorado had like three or four chances and uh, was really going for for that goal. Uh, but I like what I'm seeing. It's a good test uh, for this young team um, playing against uh, MLS competition. I think I think it was Stuart uh, who put a tweet about uh, watching Open Cup so um, CD2 <laughs> could compete against an MLS team, and this is kind of it. This is kind of it. So I like it so far. Uh, and the older the, this game gets, uh, there the chances that CD2 will will pull the results. So I like it so far. Yeah, you got to imagine that uh, most of these MLS guys have have minute counts on their action tonight. Mm. I mean, by 60, they're not going to put Zardis out there for 90 minutes on a... Right. I mean... Uh, you wouldn't think, but at the same time, when's the next time he's going to see meaningful game action? Week and a half? Hmm. Whenever Colorado Rapids 2 plays again? Yeah. And are, are they playing at home again next time? Because he could start again next time. Right? There it is. I love it. Santiago, you're on a you're on a roll tonight, man. You should uh, you should come in sleepy every single time. <laughs> um, all right, Matt, let's get to your notes because a lot has happened in this game. Not not least of which is Akil Watts scoring a bit of a a beautiful sniper shot, a beautiful banger there. Yeah, Akil's shot was something else. Um, yeah, you know, I, I wrote that. I, MLS Next Pro has the video on their Twitter account. They've got the replay of the goal, the highlight. Um, but you know, just the way that that kind of happened was very city too. It was, it was very kind of like, uh, everything was just happening all at once. We're just putting the pressure on the ball is kind of bouncing around up front. And then all of a sudden it finds its way on the ground, comes back a little bit outside the box. And Keel just seemed to kind of come out of nowhere straight from his defensive mid position and just streaking up midfield and just banged it in from right outside the box. It, it, to me, it kind of caught them by surprise but it still played to our, our pressing manner. And that, to me, was almost illustrative of the entire half, where, to me, we didn't necessarily get outside of ourselves. We didn't, we're not trying to do more than our game plan calls for. We're sticking to our strategy, it seems. Um, I'm seeing a lot of typical things that City 2 usually does. We're still using a four-man backfield where Kwame on the left side is pushing up pretty high regularly, and so they're kind of doing that shift where Hebert is finding himself more often than not on the far left side. Mm-hmm. Uh, DeRosa and Yara recovering. That seems pretty typical. Um, sometimes we're playing, we're trying to play the ball through a keel here and there um, where we're trying to possess the ball a little bit more than we would normally, just because it seemed like if we're sending the ball, if we're trying to make those passes down the sides, Colorado still, or the Rapids are, are a step, step or two quicker than than we are. And that's pretty clear, too, is that they're more crisp with the ball than we are overall. You know, we've obviously had our moments, but if you look at the big picture, I just felt that they're a little more crisper with their passes and they're a step or two ahead of us in the 1v1s. So we tried to play the ball through Akil a couple times in the middle, but ultimately, uh, whether it's Creek or Yarrow, we do send the ball just as we have been. So Things just seem to be a more or less a typical City 2 match from a lot of perspectives. And it's clear that we're playing competition that is much higher cumulatively than and collectively than we're used to. But if you look at the stats, um, 
it's not too much different than than we're used to playing. Our possession is just a hair below 40%, which isn't abnormal for us. You know, we don't typically possess the ball a ton. Our shots on goal are uh, seven shots to two on goal. The difference is we're receiving a lot more pressure on net than we're used to. So they're getting shots off. They're getting into our um, our, our initial third and their, their final third, and they're putting more pressure than we're used to. So from that perspective, I'm a little concerned to what Santi was saying of the, the longer it goes, the better it is for City 2. I, I think unless we see significant subs at halftime, then the longer this goes on, the better it is for Colorado because they're used to playing uh, – maybe a, a lesser style of play, not as high of a press, not as physically demanding. And so as we tire out, which we have shown to tire out in the second half later on, if they don't sub out and get some of their actual next pro players, or I don't even know who's on their bench, but if they don't sub out some of these stars, I'm concerned that um, unless we really hit the nail on the head with our subs, that we're going to be in a world of hurt in about the 55th, 60th minute. Or later, for sure. Yeah, I could see that. Or later, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, I want to highlight a couple nice things that I wanted to point out, and then I, I want to kind of ask you guys some questions. But one thing I, I've noticed is I think Creek's having a good game. I think he's showing his reaction saves or like his strengths. Absolutely. Right? So uh, that's been really nice to see. But more so, I think Akil Watts is a player that we maybe perhaps don't give enough credit to. Is like he will co- he will just come out and, and score a clutch goal or, or a good pass. Like... He's a really clutch player. He performs his role perfectly in, in defense and in pressing. And I feel like he's one of our most creative players. Wherever he is on the field, he's responsible. But, you know, anytime he's on the ball, you kind of, anyone, you zoom out and you think, okay, he's got that pass, that pass, and that pass in a half second. You kind of evaluate where they're going to go. And he, more than anyone else on the team, will send the ball somewhere I don't expect, right? And so a lot of times that's kind of a ball in the air and behind. I like to see him doing that kind of thing a lot. Um, but other players will do the classic moves, but really technically, and that works too. There's nothing against that. But Akil seems to be a, a more um, creative player. I don't know what you guys thought about that or if you want to talk about, um, you know, yeah, I think his, they've uh... been pressing really nicely as well against this team. Akil's vision is something else. And, and I, when you were talking about, you know, he has three or four different places he could send the ball and he always picks somewhere you don't think, or he finds an open guy. I, that's why I, I feel we kept playing the ball through to him. And if there's going to be that, you know, number six that we kind of try to play the ball through, he seems to be that, that person almost by default mm-hmm. where he has that ability to find the open man or to make a run himself and to just be in the right spot at the right time, which that goal just went to show. Yeah. And we've kicked off again in the second half. We have, yeah. At least the stream has. And I've got. You know, <laughs> I don't know what minute you there. guys are in. I'm I'm at forty five forty eight now. Yep. Yeah, that, that's where I'm at. And if you're watching this stream, I did turn the game on. I'm kind of curious what's going to happen here if we get in trouble or if we don't. Uh, but I've got the game on, so we're going to talk so, about things. But we'll mention the game if it, if something interesting pops we, up from here from time. We to have time. three subs for Rapids two. Um, oh, thank you. Y- Yappy for Zardes, uh, Mesquita for Rosenberry, and Lewis for Acosta. Man, Acosta and was in too. I missed that. Oh, their whole, their entire first team My was God. in. Yeah. So, yeah, so Yappy. So Yappy is an, a next proer who's also on the MLS roster. 
He has three goals on the season. So it's, they're clearly swapping. Maybe, I mean, Stu's probably right. Uh, I think you were saying he might be on a minute count. Um, so Zardes is out. Yappi's in, who is their normal next pro leading goal scorer. Um, Mesquita is another next proer with, uh, he's on another supplemental slot, 24 to, 21 to 24. And then I think Lewis is on their MLS side. I think he's another MLS, actual MLS player, because I don't see him on their next pro roster. Absolutely crazy. Um, so it's not like we took a massive step down in, I mean, well, we did take steps down. Oh, they just added a fourth sub, Anderson for Abu Bakar. Okay. Abubakar? Abubakar. Yeah, he's very good. Abubakar. One of their best center backs. Yes. But he's and who in the first on the outside. In the first half, Josh Doling beat in a foot race. I had that noted. Yeah. Like so another 20, 27th minute over on the left side, Doling straight up beat him. I think um, now, again, this is something Barrios is one of those guys where like you can't take a snippet and expect that to be the answer for the whole game. He's kind of a whole 90 kind of guy. But Hubert has been really good with Barrios, who keeps going wide. And Hubert um, definitely blocked him on a shot, uh, on a on a run. Like, and I think he thought he was going to be able to push through Hubert, and he did not back down. He and knocked Barrios down, and that was the end of the play. It was really nice. Did something crazy just happen, Matt? Uh, we had a chance on the right hand side created, but it was blocked by their keeper. I didn't see who was streaking down the middle. You made a face. A I was scared it was a happen. penalty or something like that, but. No, we're 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 pressing into their their final third um, pretty pretty well this half so far. We're about four minutes in. So I don't know what you guys think about the press. I think the press has been good, as good as always, and I think it it is somewhat of an equalizer when someone does a pressing system. It doesn't matter what level it is. I think the press will affect players to some extent evenly throughout um no matter what level you're playing and so i think we've seen that to some extent but i I did notice that colorado who probably plays red bull senior you know obviously from time to time and other pressing teams in mls on a high level so they noticeably are more comfortable with the pressure they're willing to let us get close before they give the ball to someone else and the passing is crisp despite the pressure um, but it doesn't mean the pressure hasn't been effective. What have you guys thought about that, Santiago? Maybe maybe you could comment on what you've seen from the team in this game so far. Yeah, obviously Colorado handles that pressure uh, better, but St. Louis has been able to keep the ball uh, for some periods of the game. Uh, this second half started really well, uh, keeping the, the ball in Colorado's half. Um, but yeah, obviously they have more experience, more experienced players um, that have played against teams uh, that applies that kind of pressure. So um, I still think it's a good test for for the CD2 guys uh, play against higher competition and and really see what what some of these guys uh, could do if they were given an opportunity on this on the first team next year. Rabbits have been pressing too, and I think our guys have have now their their press isn't rabid. You know what I mean? It's not crazy, but um, they've gotten a turnover or two, but no more or less than than us in that regard. Stuart, do you have any more thoughts about this game before we kind of start talking about normal podcasty things? I uh, know I'm I'm just pleased. I mean, ask me in uh, forty minutes or. <laughs> 37 minutes because the stream is, is so <laughs> terrible. But, uh, no, it's it's been 
I mean, how, how can you be up too upset with uh, a one nothing lead after 50 minutes? I mean, against a team that should far outpace you. Absolutely. But Totally agree. Heber just made someone a fool right there. I love that. How <laughs> uh, was that? Yappy? Uh, Him or Barrios, probably. Yeah, it was 50-44, but I don't know where everyone's stream is at. I assume everyone has a slightly different stream number. Yeah. Uh, Matt, any more thoughts from you before we move on? Uh, over, I mean, overall, I, I echo those same thoughts that it's our team's been playing extremely well against that level of competition in the first half and seeing the amount of subs that they made. And now at least in the first six or seven minutes of the second half, the amount of pressure that we're now putting on them is very heartening. Um, I also think some guys were challenged appropriately. So Carson Gibbs in particular, I thought was a little shaky in the first half, but I'm glad that he was challenged in the way he was with this competition. I think, playing this level will only make you better. And so for him to be able to play out against the Rapids first team was an incredible opportunity. Uh, So there's really not anything about our team bad that I could possibly say. And now that we're seeing this in the second half, I have a lot of hope and faith in us closing this one out. I do too. Some things that the announcer has said are that Rapids two is one of the youngest in the league. They're ninth. Um, uh, 10, 1, and 8, it looks like. Yes. Nope. Sorry. I apologize. 1, 8, and 1. Um, Win-loss ties. Well, uh, they, they have they have five homegrown players and two U22s on their next pro roster from MLS. So, I mean, if you're having five homegrown players and two t- U22s, I can definitely believe that. We also have the least amount of goals scored in the Western Conference, I believe he said, and we're one of the best defensive teams. And I think both of those things kind of check out, in my opinion. Um, and so, but those were some nice details that I think I heard from the um, announcer in this one, um, which I think he's yeah. And those were those were some of the the stats that I was going to bring to the table to see how they lined up. But since the Rapids two team themselves didn't actually show up, Mm -hmm. uh, it didn't really seem to, didn't really seem to matter, but the Rapids two team. Hmm. Do we lose Matt? Yeah, I think we lost Matt. Sorry about that. Goal differential in titles. Oh, Matt, we we lost you there. I know it sounded like you were saying how much time you put into uh, getting stats and things for this two side, and then they didn't show up. If you want to repeat what you said. Oh yeah the the stat the stats show that the Rapids two team have the worst goal differential in the league. Most goals conceded. They're third to last in overall attacking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think just the fact that we came out against the Rapids one team the way we did. Um, this could have been so much more for us. Um, and, and I think it speaks to what we could see if they sub in some more defensive players. We could see even more uh, of an attacking-minded uh, system for us. Interesting. I like that. So let's talk about Houston Dynamo 2. That happened uh, this last weekend, and it was a 2-0 win for the good side. And Houston Dynamo 2 was... Previously, first in the West, um, if not second in the West. I think North Texas was starting to challenge for that. Um, And we handled them pretty well, right? Matt, do you want to lead us off on some of the things you saw in that game? Oh, no, we lost Matt again. I apologize. Uh, Santiago, did you get that game? You were out of town. Not sure if you saw it. Maybe. No, I 
No, I, I, di I didn't. Sorry I didn't see that. a game. I, I, I tried to look for the replay, but I couldn't find it anywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was no replay. Uh, Stuart, were you able to catch that one? Yeah, no, I was uh, staying next to Matt and Michelle oh, for yeah, uh, the picture. Yeah, uh, Matt Baker had his birthday uh, on Sunday, so that was exciting. But more exciting than that, and it looks like Matt dropped off for a second. I think he's back. Was uh, <laughs> how uh, Houston uh, lost to San Luis City, and uh, Muji Marana uh, is a former SLU guy, and he's playing for Houston. He was number six, I think, on their back line. Mm. Um, but no, just the way that City played was great, and it wasn't the immediate energetic high press that they've shown in other games. They absorbed the Dynamo to pressure and um, hit them hard when it when it when they had the chances. And I, I was actually really impressed by uh, the left back of Dynamo to Miller, number 23. I thought he was pretty dynamic. Um, and seeing him battle with uh, uh, Juan Cousin on the right was pretty fun most of the night. But Matt, it looks like you're back. You he got? seemed to shut down Juan a little bit too. Um, I, I didn't think Juan had as many chances as he had previously. And the one chance he did have, I think, was a, a little... Um, kind of missed shot. And I think that spoke just to how well defended he was, not anything to do with Juan himself. And, yeah, the, and the, oh, the uh, communication between Hebert and Yara was really cool to see with, um, I don't know the name of the striker for Dynamo to number 17, but how they covered each other and moved and uh, Hebert moved up and covered. And uh, it was just really cool to see how, because he was dangerous in the first few minutes and then they made adjustments, communicated and shut him down for the rest of the game. I think, I think that was absolutely proven when we saw that really rotated team. Was it against Minnesota? Um, and we saw, um, oh. Volmar teamed up with Yara oh. and, and we just saw lots of, Lots of miscommunication yeah. looking or like expecting someone to do something and it not happening and, and a lot of holes in that way. And so I think at that point we saw how good Yarrow and Hebert are together. Um, so I think that backs that up, Stuart. I think I just missed something. What just happened, Matt? They just scored a banger. 58 oh, minutes to even. What happened? Explain it or describe it. Santiago, do you, did you see it too? I, I, I missed, I just saw that he went. I didn't see the I wasn't looking. <laughs> There's no replay. This is the, it's ridiculous. I think this is a good time to go off on the stream and everything else tonight. I, I think we got to do it. And I'm going to lead us off because we've been quiet. I've been waiting for it to maybe improve. I'm giving them a bit of leeway because obviously this league was a little bit rushed. And the goal is not to have a good product. The goal is just to give a, MLS teams a cheap place to play their kids right is what it feels like and I think it's proven in these streams they're absolutely terrible the picture was purple and pink for the first 20-30 minutes today they just scored a goal beautiful movement in the box um, I did not see who it was but it was a build up from the back and the goal. movement was one and two 
touch passes. Did we see who scored the goal, goal and who got no, the assist? Okay. Kuzang with the goal. It was a left-footed shot to the far post. Slid in bottom right corner. Skidding daisy cutter, as they say. Um, really great shot. And good movement. Good, quick movement that it beat all these Colorado players, a lot of them senior players. That was a really good goal. But the stream, I mean, just terrible. The, the, this, the, the play-by-play guy cutting in and out the whole time, getting that digital distortion. Terrible. No goal replays. So we can't track down who did this until we get the highlights or someone tweets it. MLS Next Pro doesn't tweet it. We have to wait on the teams to do it. Luckily, our comms are pretty Some good about it. Houston Dynamo 2 didn't even have an act, or they had an active Twitter account, but it didn't tweet out any information. Like that, That's a bare minimum for a league, is that you tweet out lineups before a match. That's just honestly embarrassing by MLS that they don't require that. I mean, come on. I agree. It's unacceptable. You know, there's clearly just like there's no there are no there's no standards, you know, like no one has made a list of expectations of what they think a stream should look like, what teams should do when there's a game night. You know, even even like leading up to the game would be nice, but not even game time tweets about what's happening about the lineup, just ridiculous. Just no one's caring about this league. And maybe we're the weird ones. Maybe it's weird that we care so much because this is our first team for this season. Um, But no matter what, if they're trying to get some kind of a TV deal done in the near future, and this is supposed to be part of that package, they're not doing themselves any favors. You know, they're not running a good business in that way if that's the goal for this year. And maybe I'm wrong. Do you, I mean, don't you guys think that that's something they would be caring about this year? Maybe they don't. Yeah, yeah. I, I think to some extent, um, yeah, if, if they want to include this, uh, like in the new TV deal, um, they will make a bigger effort to, to show a good product. Uh, but maybe this is a sign that they don't really care about it much. And uh, since it is a development league, uh, I guess this quality is fine for that. Um, what will be interesting, you were saying that, yeah, like maybe we are the outlier and, and we care about, care a lot about this league, but it would be interesting to see what happens next year when when we have uh, the first team also playing. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens with that TV deal that we were just talking about and whether this matters, whether it improves next year. We'll be watching it because we're nerdy, right? Matt, do you have any thoughts about (laughs) the stream? I said my piece. I think I'm good. I think the TV deal will kind of be a game changer. Um, But I don't think they'll... I think it'll be a game changer in the sense that we won't have to watch it online. Mm. I think we'll be able to watch it wherever you know, they, the MLS deal is whether it's ESPN plus or something, but I don't think the quality is going to improve drastically. I don't think they're going to pump the money necessary to get the infrastructure in place at each stadium because the camera angles are one of the biggest problems. And you know, the, the conspiracy theory is that the replays aren't available because of that. And they don't want to show off a a shitty product carved up and made fun of. Don't you think that if, and I don't see that dress. 
basically changing with the amount of, of sorry, I don't I don't think that they'll put enough money into that because I don't think the value they're going to get in the overall deal mm. will be the astronomical thing that they're hoping. I think it'll be significantly higher than the 90 million a year they're getting now or 90 million total in the deal. But I don't think it'll be astronomical to where they'll say, okay, we can now pump this new fresh league up to the standards that USL championship have. But as far as the comms, like it doesn't actually cost them more money to tweet about the game. You know what I mean? To tell their clubs that it's a rule that they have to do a certain amount of bare minimum tweets for the game. Unbelievable. That should have been a goal. Yeah. I think that was someone I do think the um, doling for a shot in no. a striker's position. How did he miss that? Wide open shot. You chip that one over. Chip yeah. it over. He knows. He looks hurt. Yep, he's bending over on his knees. Sad. He's hurting, and he knows he should have scored that one. Doling. Could be 3-1, guys. It could also be like 3-3. So to be fair, <laughs> the defense has his back on this one. And so does the crossbar. Right. You know, Phil, talk, talking about the comms and the tweets and, and actually pumping up their own product, I do think that it goes to the engagement that Santi was talking. I think it was Santi was talking about how, how many people actually pay attention to each club and whether the juice is worth the squeeze. You know, for, for City right now – their two team has the main account and so they're going to act like it's the main team because right now it is, yeah. but dynamo Two, Minnesota United Two. um, I don't even know if some of these clubs actually have two team accounts. I know if you don't and they don't seem to care to, but I don't know if that much is going to change for it. Oh, another header on target. Uh, yeah, I think that was, yeah, it was Hebert with the header on target, but didn't have enough oomph behind it. Well done corner, though. He was open. Very well done corner. Open header. Um, any other thoughts on Houston Dynamo 2, Matt? I think we lost you before you could kind of say your piece on that. Did you have some I, I almost didn't come back because while I was gone, Kuzain scored that goal. <laughs> so I just figured, let's just ride this and I'll see you guys tomorrow. Well, so did you see who assisted it or how it, how it was built up? I know it built no, from I, the back for the most part, but... I got the alert on uh, the club's Twitter account going back to our previous statement mm -hmm. uh, while I was resetting my internet. Yeah, that sounds I'll right. be interested in seeing the highlight. The, hi the highlights, I'll continue to tout their highlights. Like, they do a yeah. good job of highlights, and that's how I'm partially able to piece together the things from my memory when we're at these games is, oh, yeah, I remember the buildup to the play, and they show a little bit of the buildup, which allows you to understand kind of the flow and the sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dynamo Dose, which I understand they're they're known as now. Um, I, I think Stu said it best earlier where it kind of started where we, we didn't have our usual high press. I felt the first 20 minutes of that game against Houston was just feeling each other out. Kind of I, I mentioned to Stu during the game that it seemed like the entire first 20 was played box to box. Nobody really had any any threats. And then it opened up. Um Dynamo had the first kind of attack uh, around like the 24th minute or so and uh, 26th minute. And that's where Ian McGrain to me really shone. And that reinforced that McGrain is our number one keeper. I had the thought going into the Dynamo dose game, but that cemented it for me that he had a few key key plays and that was a, two massive saves, um, one right after the other. And then luckily we were able to answer 
this is awkward because I'm talking about a previous game while watching an, mm-hmm. us being attacked it is weird. in this game. Um, but no, the D- he has goal 28 minutes in right after that. We, they punched us and we punched them back much harder. Um, it was an amazing sequence by Ezra to get him the ball. So Ezra, who hadn't played much the previous couple, previous two games. And it was interesting to me because Hackworth made comments, I think to um, uh, Tom Timmerman after the game that almost seemed like it was something, whether it was performance in practice or he just didn't seem to have the energy. Maybe it was coming off of his injury from a few weeks prior, but there was something about his, his play that and it didn't seem to be like a behavioral thing or like a, a code of conduct thing, but he, he didn't play much the past two games before Dynamo Dose because it seemed like something in practice. And so it was good to see him back out there, and he was flying all over the field. He was instrumental in in that goal, and he, it, was, it was nice to see him back into his uh, left back, uh, almost left wing back form. And then Celio Pompeu again in the 55th minute after uh, Akil caught a, an intercepted ball. Um, you know, he just straight up dribbled past a few defenders and had that left-footed strike in the middle of the box. I think Celio and Diaz to me are easily top five in overall performance this year, and they're, they're they seem to be heating up. Um, and I'm hopeful to see them. I think I think we're gonna preview the Fire Two matchup, but I'm really hopeful to see those two back and in form against the Fire Two next Saturday. I keep thinking one of those three will heat up and they will be our main goal scorer. And I don't, now I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be pretty even and they're all going to be dangerous. The three being, oh, the well, three sorry. The three I them? think of is Pompeu, Doling and Diaz. Um, Kuzane, yeah. I mean, he'll have flashes as well, but I think of, I think one's, I always think one's going to like outscore the others. And I think it's going to be just this thing where they're all dangerous all the time and something's going to give at some point and any one of those guys could score on any given day. So, you know, I, I, I thought maybe one would shine, but it seems pretty even. And, and maybe the system is to blame for that. Um, I say to blame, but it's a good thing. You know, who knows? It gives us uh, pressure on all sides of the, the pitch that that's what matters to me mm-hmm. is Celio finds himself at home on the left side. Diaz seems to be falling into that number 10 role, or at least that uh, attacking mid uh, in the midfield position. Um, it's, it's interesting. I think, yeah, I, I, I want to see more Juan Cousin. Mm-hmm. I'll say that before, uh, before I cut out again. And I, I want to see him more in form and a part of our offense, uh, whether it's scoring goals or, or assisting maybe a cutting doling or something like that. I just want to see more Juan. Have we had any subs on our side in this game? Yeah, yeah we brought in Pompeo, Martins, and uh, Max Schneider. Schneider. Thanks. They Tom. came in at half, it looks like. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Who did Martins come in for? Was it um, the kid? So What's his name? Schneider Gibbs? came in for Rivas, Pompeo came in for Gibbs, okay. and Armstrong came in for AJ Palazzolo. Oh, I didn't see Armstrong. Armstrong yeah, was yeah, on yeah, the official. Uh, he wasn't on the website, MLS Next website. Mm. He is now. They did the oh. same thing with uh, Colorado's fourth sub. They didn't add him right away. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I'm going to pull that up so we can kind of keep track of things here. Um, but while I do that, um, let's talk about Nilsson. We now have a center back, a Swedish national team player, Left-footed, played previously. It's opportunity for, for Colorado. 
see either saved or I saw it pop out of the box into a center back and now cleared. And now one of our players is streaking forward. But um, again, Nielsen is now a member of St. Louis City SC and loaned down, if I'm not, I'm not mistaken, to St. Louis City SC 2 um, officially. Uh, we saw it on FOTMOB, so it must be true. And, um, you know, this has been rumored for a long time. It was pretty much nailed down um, by Manuel Vaith uh, the other week. And now it's finally official. And it feels really good to say that this guy is on our team, that he's been locked down for multiple years. Matt, I'm sure I've missed some details here. Are, if you're back, do you want to fill us in? Nope, 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 nope. Instead... Santiago, would you like to talk about Nielsen and the it being official at this point? Yeah, so finally, finally official after so many rumors. Um, <laughs> and uh, obviously, like Lutz uh, in different interviews had hinted that he was coming, but obviously we were just waiting for the official announcement, which... Uh, Obviously, I was out of town, but I, I I had kind of forgotten about it, and I saw the alert. I was like, oh, okay, it's finally happening. But mm -hmm. obviously, everybody knew uh, it was going to happen. So, so yeah, now that it is official, uh, it'll be interesting to see what the next move is. Um, there have been talks about a, a defensive midfielder, uh, which will kind of complete like that base, that spine for the team. So. Um, We'll see uh, what uh, Lutz and, and team have uh, in a store for us. There was a funny tweet that was put out in German that seemed to allude that there is a player that will be signed on the way and his name starts with a K. <laughs> and <laughs> I think we've found out since then. I think it's fair to say that that, that was just a joke that the player may or may not be a player with a name that starts with a K and may not even have a player signed at this point um, or even on the way to being signed that that was just a, a bit of a joke and I will just say that I don't think I think Lutz and the club are underestimating our level of <laughs> dedication to this club and how much we nerd out and how much we care about how much we just hold on to every little word, every little clue that comes out about this team and how much we wake up at night and, and think about these kind of things rather than sleeping and resting for our next day of work. These are the things that we think about and care about. And uh, so you can't just willy nilly put out a tweet saying that we're going to sign some player with the name of K because then we're going to go through the encyclopedia of <laughs> players around the entire world. This is a world uh, sport, Lutz. We can't see. I think he knows. I, I think he knows. I think he knows. <laughs> he loves it and he gets a kick out of it. Yes. Just how passionate we are and how much we want to deep dive into a random joke that he lays out there. I think he got the biggest kick out of all. And I... I don't think that's unusual either for Lutz. I mean, he's come from Dusseldorf. Cutting in and out, man. Keep going, Stu. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I mean, coming from Bundesliga, he, those fans are dedicated to you. They're, yeah. they're picking up on everything. But, yeah, no, Matt, Santi, you, uh, Phil, and I, we all have Google Alerts set up for various words. We're, we're reading those emails every day and checking the tweets. So, filtering through the tea leaves i mean matt you were the one who caught the the k tweet um but i think a few of us saw the central mid 
central defending midfielder tweet that um, Lutz put out in his article oh, yeah. with uh, Tom Timmerman, which, yeah, I think it's true. So the information of – I still like some of those guys who are, you know, number sixes who uh, are also – start with K. So maybe Luke signs is one of those guys and throws us all for a loop. Yeah. Oh, come on, Juan. Still looking good. I mean, it's still going both ways. Um, Rapids perhaps have the better chances, but we're holding out. We're dangerous in every counterattack. Every moment is a possible goal, despite the, the flow of the game. Um, Oh, yeah. Before we move on, Matt, did you want to say anything else about Nilsson or about the rumored player, whether he is or isn't rumored? Wow. My Internet doesn't like the streaming the game and the pot at the same time, <laughs> clearly. No, I, I just noted that, you know, we signed him to a four and a half year deal. He's going to be you. with us until the World Cup in the U.S. Um, the half a year, obviously, with City 2. Uh, you know, he's 20. He'll be 29 by the time we start play in MLS. So you can, you know, just calculate the years current Swedish international. Um, he's playing right now in the UEFA nations league. There's just a lot of, a lot of exciting things for him. And, you know, I, as long as my internet doesn't cut out here, I had a couple quotes from Lutz, one saying he's a natural leader, possesses all the attributes to be successful in any league, assertive in one V one duels, good in the air, great at building out from the back. They're confident that all of his experience and physical attributes will make him one of the best defenders in MLS. And then, uh, Nilsson himself had a quote, after his first meeting with Lutz and Bradley, he was convinced Whoa. that City SC was the right destination to further his career. Uh, he was impressed by their plan and vision for the long-term future of the club and how they see him as an important part of the team exciting sporting project. And he, he can't wait to call St. Louis the home for his family and to get to see the passionate soccer fans here. Love it. And we're such, such a good move to get a guy like this. Um, I'm really excited about it. The four and a half years, especially Matt, I knew that was a, a fact you were going to throw out for us. Cause I forgot the exact number. And, um, the fact that we nailed him down for four and a half years is amazing. And who knows if he'll be with us for four and a half years. Um, there's a good chance someone will want him before that time is up and maybe we can make some money on that. Who knows? Uh, he's got the quality. Well, the, the thing is, if he wants to continue on Sweden's roster for the next world cup, this carries him through to that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, be thinking not just about, you know, can we sell him on? Is that going to be something he wants to do? But the level of competition that he's going to see in MLS uh, could be where he makes his case for Sweden's World Cup roster in 26. Yeah. And on that MLS, the fact that MLS has some players that are playing for national teams right now, I think is it Buxas is a, a Polish striker that plays for New England. Uh, he just played. He's got transferred. Yeah. 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 Played for New England. He went to RC Lund. But I know Not, that's amazing, yeah. right? So that I mean, this is that kind of a move possibility, you know, in the future. Who knows? But this is the fact that Buxas was a starter for Poland in their last game that I checked the lineup for because I was actually checking to see if uh, Swiderski, Swiderski, I think that's his name, the guy that plays for Charlotte, um, if he Carol. was starting for Poland, but he was on the bench for that game, and I think he came in later. So these are two MLS players starting for a European decent caliber team. I think they're in the A or the B league for Nations League, and um, 
you know, these are quality players. And, and we're looking at what Ferreira is doing for the national team in the United States. And some people think he don't he doesn't belong there. Well, he's a DP player in MLS. So if Svidersky is in that league on that level and if Puxas is on that level in our league, MLS must have something decent going on that these guys can stay at a good enough level to play with their national teams and start um, in some really high competition. That was just something I noticed this week um, when it comes to national I think it speaks to... I, I do think it speaks to the the national team coaches throughout the world are showing more respect for MLS. Yeah. And it's not just that, you know, us as fans are hoping and seeing and thinking the competition is there, but uh, the more opportunities these guys get to start and to have meaningful minutes in for big, big time countries, um, you know, just the more it's going to swell and grow. And I think it's great for MLS. It's great for players we can bring here. And it's great for soccer in America, to be quite honest. Agree. Some updates. 76th minute. Colorado had a cross or just a long ball in from the back right side. I think the right back sent it in and a header was sent in and Sands had an incredible reaction save to stop that. And going the other way, we just got a shot off. I don't know if anyone saw that about the 79th minute. Um, it was saved by the Rapids keeper by Yarbrough. Um, if anyone saw that, maybe you can describe that. But we've got another big topic for tonight before we go. So that topic is, since no one is talking about the game, <laughs> Stuart, we're, we got to start with you on this one. The new soccer bar, the pitch going into Union Station. Let's talk about it. Coincides by coincidence or not with not long ago, the announcement that the Amsterdam will not be continuing uh, to exist in the in the foregoing future. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. Oh, the, 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 the dam, dam next door. Right, oh, right. The dam no, that serves food no. next door. No, see, I <laughs> my plan was to read both those articles, and my family went out to eat instead, and I had no choice in this matter. You didn't go out to eat to the dam, though. I thank bet. God. <laughs> so, the Amster, so the Amsterdam's not closing. No, well, no. Freaking a, that scared the hell out of me. What is the dam? I thought the dam was the Amsterdam. No. So really the common misconception, to be fair. Yeah, so the owners, okay of, the Amsterdam own, owners of the Amsterdam own uh, the buildings that Tracy Keys and the dam are in. And the dam took its name specifically because it was <sighs> next to the Amsterdam. But other than leasing the space uh, from the Amsterdam, they didn't actually have a connection. Um so the dam is closed now, uh, and I think they're going to open up somewhere else, but the Amsterdam is still open and doing well and probably looking God. at expanding further in the future. I've been really depressed, guys. <laughs> so so all this time you thought okay, Amsterdam okay, closed? I did. I didn't know wow. there was a difference between the dam and the Amsterdam. I didn't. I thought everyone was just calling the Amsterdam the dam. Man, to be fair, I, I couldn't imagine walking around, and I would definitely have not been on Twitter having the conversations I've been having if I thought Amsterdam was closing. <laughs> My God. Thank God. I, I didn't know why they were... That was the main reason I was going to read the article. Is like, why would they close? It can't be because they're not getting enough business. It can't be. No, and, and in fact, um, the, the pitch article that uh, STL Mag had was having quotes from the owners of Union Station who are operating. Um, oh, shoot. <laughs> we lost him again. 
I just want to apologize, guys. I, I should be up on that kind of thing. It's operate a like a for me. I'm sorry if I've embarrassed y'all. Um, Matt, we lost you there. Are you back? I'm still red. So can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The article had quotes from the pitch owners mentioning uh, Amsterdam as kind of an inspiration, like basically that um, there's room for another soccer bar. That's their thing they look to. Um, they know it can work. And, and then the usual things of with the MLS team coming in, the stadium right across the, the street, it makes all the sense in the world. So there, I, to me, it didn't. It wasn't like they want to replicate Amsterdam. It was that they saw the success that a passionate, amazing, and dedicated soccer bar like Amsterdam has, and they they think that can be successful at Union Station, which it, it definitely can be. And it would take a massive bungling of the entire thing for it not to be. I, I don't think it would take a massive bungling, to be honest. You, they just have to not be reliable with and be open and give preference to to fans and they'll they'll move on or they'll shift back to back to the Amsterdam or back to um, uh, Llewellyn's uh, for I, I'm sure Spurs fans or Arsenal St. Louis or someone will look to shift over to this new place but they have to fully commit and if they don't fully commit and even if you're losing money opening up for you know, two Wolves fans on a hmm. Saturday morning at six o'clock. You you have to do that. You can't just open up for Champions League matches. Um, no, but to me, that's the massive bungling. Is that there? It's a no. It's a, it's a it's a for lack of a better term, it's a layup because that's all you have to do. Is I was telling I was I think I said this to you earlier, Stu. To me, it's all they have to do is make themselves the reliable known place that is always open for soccer. And, you know, there've been times where I've shown up to Amsterdam at five o'clock and there's an MLS game on, but they're not showing it. So it's, it's not like that there's constant soccer on at Amsterdam. It's just, they bought into the, the thing that brings people in and the pitch is going to have to know that they can't rely on the game day uh, atmosphere for city to drive their entire business. They need to be that place where if you're, if you're out of town or you have out of towners coming in and they want to know, and they, they look at Yelp and Google and they're trying to figure out where the soccer bars in St. Louis are, they need reviews from, from the passionate fan base. That I think his point was, you know, sort of that Amsterdam hasn't been absolutely perfect. And to it. as long as there's someone showing soccer, that it's going to be, no, it, it, it's, it's definitely good that, that, that you have, more soccer places that show soccer, the better. I mean, I, I think it's not harsh to say that St. Louis isn't before the MLS announcement an MLS market. So the target audience for MLS games would be extremely small. There's such a small audience here in MLS previously to this. Um, Definitely true. Uh, that... The, and they would put on games when you asked, but there was oh, absolutely. There were more Stoke fans in St. Louis than almost probably Sounders fans. Um, and I, I think our disagreement is on what constitutes. They can have a, they can be a bar that shows soccer with a preference and they can be a soccer bar. There's, 
which is maybe pedantic, but there's, I would maybe say there's like three or four hockey bars in St. Louis, even though there's, you know, 60 or 70 or 200 that show hockey, uh, a place like Geyer in where if you go there and the blues are playing a regular season game and the Cardinals are playing a world series game, Geyer is going to play the blues regular season game. Mm-hmm. And if you're, if you're marketing yourself as a soccer bar, that is my bar. That is my expectation. And I don't know the owners. I don't know what they're doing, but when they put the term out, those are what's connected to that term. And though I'm sure they're learning a lot from, I'm sure they're reading a lot of the tweets today and they're kind of absorbing and taking note of a lot of things. You hope they are. I, I believe they are. I mean, uh, Laughlin's one of the guys involved and mm-hmm. Bob Laughlin, I know he's uh, been involved in some soccer stuff before. He was involved in the 2017 MLS STL campaign. Yep. Uh, so they're not coming in entirely blind on this, but you know, they have time to open. So I think they'll come and learn and they're, they're also rendering. So reading into renderings is kind of a little silly, but we're all on Twitter and just wasting away, having fun, I, I guess. No, <laughs> well, I, well, I enjoyed the conversations. I think I've seen some of the more, I mean, I've missed some of the more ridiculous ones, but anyway, Matt, what were you going to say? I well, think it's worth while I'm still in, while I'm still in the green of my connection, I, I think it goes without saying that Amsterdam is my bar there. I'm, I'm right there with Stu in every single positive thing you could ever say about them. That's where Michelle and I go on date nights when we don't have the kids. That's where we go on Saturday mornings when they've spent the night at grandma and grandpa's, you know, if we, if we can get there, that's where we go. And because they always have on and they've got the atmosphere, we love the owners, you know, everything they do has been cultivated the right way. And I just, I found it really bizarre that, and Steve Smith kind of had it. I I found it really bizarre that there were so quick, everybody was, so many people were so quick to attack them based on the fact that they didn't have everything said that they were basically imitating or replicating Amsterdam. Like they didn't immediately say, we're going to have soccer scarves all over the wall. We're going to, uh, we guarantee we're opening at 6.30 a.m. Yeah, it would have been cool to have that like dedicated, passionate quotes, but I think that it's kind of like it's eating our own when we have another soccer, they say they want to do a soccer bar and we're saying, oh, it doesn't sound like you're going to be Amsterdam, so you're not going to be a soccer bar. Mm -hmm. Like to me, that's, that's eating our own like we always do in St. Louis in one way, shape or form. And so I, I just, that's, that's kind of where I was coming from when I was responding to used to. And it's not like I have the highest of expectations. It's not even like I'm, I can see myself choosing that area over Amsterdam for myself on a Saturday morning when I want to go watch Arsenal or something, because I can't imagine one, me personally having a better atmosphere than I do at Amsterdam. But that's not to say that they're aren't people who find Amsterdam way too crowded on their world cup or their champions league, or even a Saturday morning when Liverpool Spurs, Manchester United are all playing. So there, there needs to be another place. And I think that it, I would like it so much more to see people excited or maybe constructively saying, you know, it it sounds like their, their hearts are in the right place. I hope they do X, Y, and Z, as opposed to saying, well, you know, this, you know, this quote sounds like they're just going to be 
uh, half-assing it or they're not going to go as hardcore as Amsterdam is doing now. I, I don't know how it was when Amsterdam first started. If they, you know, were dedicated, didn't have the customer base they do now when they very first started. I don't know that that story, but I think it's I think it's very short-sighted and very, quite frankly, St. Louis-y to have attacked that that article and the idea of this so viciously as as some people did. Santiago, maybe you can break the tie here. Although, Matt, I would say some of your comments have been very centrist in that way. And so I admire that about you. I admire that about all you guys. But Santiago, maybe uh, you can give us some some middle ground here and what you thought about the situation. Yeah, no, I, I think there is room uh, for another soccer bar, especially around those busy times like Champions League finals, World Cup, when Amsterdam gets really crowded and even uh, I have even been there a couple of times where you have people outside waiting for somebody to leave uh, mm-hmm. so they can come in. So, um, so yeah, I think there is room uh, for another soccer bar. And um, I think the atmosphere, um, especially on game days, uh, I think the new, the new place will have a great opportunity um, because some people will want to go downtown early and, and watch uh, a Premier League game or La Liga game or, or something else before uh, City, City 2 plays. Uh, so I think that's a good opportunity for uh, the pitch, um, especially around game days. Uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, if let's say game day is on a Sunday, what what will they do on, on Saturday? Will they open at 6 a.m.? to show all the Premier League games. Uh, but yeah, I think there is room. And um, just thinking about, and I could be wrong because I, I'm i not a frequent, I don't consider myself a frequent, frequent customer of Amsterdam. I kind of mainly go when Colombia plays or around the World Cup or special occasions. But I don't think they show like a lot of... Um, Liga MX games or uh, uh, Argentina League or things like that. And that could be an area where the pitch uh, could uh, get some customers that maybe they don't catch those games and, at Amsterdam. But yeah, I think there is room for both. And uh, at least for the first two, three years where there is still the hype around, about MLS and and people getting more people getting into soccer, I think... Uh, they will be able to coexist. Yeah, Stuart, I want to give you the last word on this, but I'm, I'm going to kind of say a few things that I said today as well. First, I want to apologize for getting this so wrong. It's so embarrassing. Um, so I apologize for not putting enough time into this, but my thoughts are still valid despite what I thought was happening is I love your guys' thoughts on there's never enough room in Amsterdam on a big night, right? That's a, that's a given, right? So um, it's really nice to have another place for that. But I think what we're seeing here is like the classic, like we're going not only from USL Championship to MLS, but our fans are too, right? We're going to have these existing hipster St. Louis fans that have been here since the beginning. And part of this MLS thing means we're going to get these like average sports fans who like soccer and we're going to get some bro soccer. Oh no, I just saw it. We haven't seen it yet. 
95th minute. Free kick outside the box, just barely outside the box. A perfect that just shot means we get, we get bonus PKs. Yeah, we get, we get free soccer coming now. <laughs> uh, but I have to reload my feed yeah, because I think I'm like a minute behind you guys somehow. Yeah, same here. I think you're the, what you just said, Phil, is spot on to me is that you don't to me also. And I'll give up the last word in a second, but you don't necessarily need more space uh, as urgently for the hardcore as you do. You just need another space. Maybe you do need a more mainstream type place where you have a ribbon of TVs that provide gambling opportunities here in the next few years. Mm. Maybe you have maybe you have the Cardinals game on or, or baseball game on in one corner and a few soccer games on up, up top. I think it provides much more flexibility than Amsterdam does, even with all the TVs that are inside Amsterdam that can target. Uh, it, it can support a soccer specific uh dedicated soccer bar type of an uh, atmosphere while lending itself to what we consider a more casual soccer fan which we do need we do, we do need. need to grow that we need uh, we we're not going to get a first tier soccer team and we're not going to get more than 25,000 on a weekly basis without them you know what i mean we want to be bigger than 25,000 even we got our set sights set high for this team and we're not going to do it without them so we need it but we've got our boutique place right we've got the amsterdam and we've got a backup to the amsterdam i'm happy about that Stuart, we got to give you the last minute the last word on this though, because i understand how passionate you are i understand how you feel like they're like coming in and, and taking the thunder from someone who's been working hard all these years catering to the elite soccer fans in this city and now we get mls and now someone's trying to ride their coattails it feels like that doesn't it uh, I mean, that's not at all how I feel, to be honest. Well, that's I, how I, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they're, I mean, I'm cynical towards whether or not they'll actually be dedicated. And You're not cynical. <laughs> uh, I, I think they'll be, at worst, a good sports bar. And even with, uh, say, like what a ballpark village or Maggio's next door will bring, mm-hmm. um, or, or Schlafly, but at best they'll be an actual, you know, replacement for Tigan. I, I'm just, I have a high or maybe narrow definition of what constitutes a soccer bar, and that's uh, like what in Amsterdam, a Hattricks, uh, a Highbury, a Brits pub in Minneapolis, what those places bring, which is hyper-focused. And... Um, that's how they've been presenting themselves so far, but they're probably not aware what constitutes what a lot of us might see as a soccer bar. They might just think, ah, it's a place that plays, you know, soccer and shows most games or whatever. But, uh, no, I, I mean, Amsterdam is going to survive and, um, there's so many places that, um, can show soccer games downtown, downtown West. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more coming out yet. I mean, there's going to be, you know, 20,000 very thirsty fans every, every week there. So that's uh, a lot of dollars. So that's- do you guys want to start a bar? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll the flyover foodie bar. <laughs> 
we'll just be a sad imitation at this point. Who do we who do we partner with to uh, do on location shows down there? <laughs> we just need to That's know a guy, question. right? Stuart, I mean, surely you're close with the Amsterdam guy, right? At this point. Uh, at the Amsterdam? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I know Lyle, but, uh, have Lyle get us a dedicated space. That's what we should do in, uh, if they expand into those other two areas, <laughs> have like a, <laughs> right. have like a, a studio on location in one of them. I thought <laughs> I was going to say the closest place I know people is the police HQ, but I don't know if they want us hauling in, uh, recording equipment up in, in the police headquarters that probably doesn't. <laughs> Doesn't look like what I had in mind. (laughs) Well, guys, I think we should sign off. I think that's a good place to stop. Thank you, guys. You don't want to last through the PK here? No, I don't, man. Who knows how long it's going to go? I want to let everyone watch it for themselves. The last time the three of uh, you, uh, Stu, and I watched PKs together, (laughs) it went 19 rounds. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. The power of Santi will keep this one short and sweet and get us a win. I hope so. We deserve a win in this one, in my opinion. So let's see what Soccer Karma brings us tonight. Thank you all for joining uh, the the stream tonight, Matt. Santiago, with your jet lag, well done. Stuart, um, I'm surprised you made it since uh, the dam is closing, which is not the Amsterdam. <laughs> Thank you all for listening and putting up with my bullshit. An embarrassment. Uh, We'll be coming back to you guys next week. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Goodbye.